Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here we talk about the connection between creativity and healing, and how we are creative, and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. Join us now. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative View Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. So Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero is an award-winning author, speaker, and educator who has used her creative outlet of writing to heal from domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and parental alienation. Her latest prominently endorsed four-book series, True Deceit, False Love, includes terms, phrases, poetry, and a survivor's workbook to inspire others to use their creative gifts on their healing journey. So welcome, Marnie. Well, thank you so much, Larissa. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you because just, you know, creativity and healing, that's what I do. And so sharing that message with as many people as possible, I think is so important. So many people will not know who you are. Can you just share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Sure, sure. Well, um, it's been an interesting path um, to becoming an author. Um, I was a high school teacher for 35 years in the Chicago suburbs with 12 of those years as an adjunct university professor. And so I've always um, loved learning and creating learning environments and um, grew up in the Midwest and um, always found creativity uh, to be a wonderful outlet for almost anything. And um, I was uh, kind of living the American dream and um, going along life, but I, I know that, you know, some things just didn't seem right, even though I loved my career as a teacher, and I loved being a mom to two kids, and, um, you know, I always had my own interests, but, you know, I, I knew that my marriage was, was not, it was somewhat toxic, and how, what I did to survive all those years, I was in this marriage for 27 years, I, did crafts all the time, or I was gardening and creating things. And I think, you know, that helped me survive some of the challenges that I had. And uh, so after I retired from my career and turned 60, I um, decided to move to the Caribbean. So I am coming to you now from the Caribbean, where I've lived for the last three years. And my creativity and interest in making things and, and doing things has changed some. So I've gone from like the crafts and, you know, making things with fabrics and, and different mediums. I am now writing and finding a lot of joy in that. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I love that. And, you know, with, I think creativity is in everything we do. And when we, you know, put the effort into creating to heal, it, it just helps us exponentially, right? And so I think that I think that's so important. I also always say, whatever the project you're working on, creative project, the writing piece helps that even more. So I am constantly writing. We have journal writing classes. We have, you know, I've written books and, and working on others. And that writing piece is so important mm -hmm. in that healing part of the creativity, I think. 
Yeah. Definitely. And it helps you just, you know, put your thoughts together. It helps you deal with conflicts without being put on the spot. You know, you have time to think about it. You can revise what you say and, you know, uh, but, but you can eventually, like in my case, not everyone wants to be a published author. And, you know, I didn't really set out to do that. It just kind of evolved, but I got to a point where, you know, I really felt like I had a message to say and, and, some of my healing, um, you know, other people have asked me, you know, what do you do to get through some of these challenges, um, whether it's domestic violence or parental alienation or narcissistic abuse or any of the challenges that we all face, you know, in our lives. And, and writing has just been just a wonderful outlet. Yeah, yeah, so important. So then what does healing with creativity mean to you? You know, I, I think it's just a very um, productive and constructive way to handle your emotions. So um, people can handle, the ch handle their challenges in destructive ways. You know, they could get into addictions. They could do things that sabotage themselves emotionally and physically. And so I think that you know, finding a creative outlet, whatever it is for, you know, like I know people that paint, I know people that garden, I know people that build things. Um, there's, there's many different forms creativity can take place. But, you know, for me, writing really has been um, just a, a great way and a real positive way to handle my emotions and sort of help me um, work through you know, how I would like to see things resolved. Yeah, absolutely. So th these books that you've written, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about, because th it's your personal journey, I'm assuming. Um, well, yes and no. Um, the first book that I wrote is called God Came to My Garage Sale. And it's a spiritual fiction. And actually, it was very, very healing to begin writing that um, in the midst of losing everything, which many victims and survivors of, of family trauma do. They lose everything, their house, their money, their, you know, even their children to parental alienation. The, this writing really helped me, but I had to have a garage sale like a lot of people do um, when they're going to be in a transition. But at this particular garage sale, I had some miracles that happened and they were so profound that I was compelled to write about them. And, and it actually changed the course of my life because I went on to do a lot of research um, on near-death experiences, spiritually transformative encounters, you know, just trying to understand what are some of the things I experienced. Um, and so that writing was very healing. And, and of course, there were many drafts and versions of this story. And, um, you know, I was able to get out some of the emotions that I had with this large transition in my life. But, you know, I realized I didn't need to put that in the book. And so I didn't. And so this is really this particular book, God Came to My Garage Sale, and it won the 2020 Best Books Award. It was endorsed by James Redfield, who wrote The Celestine Prophecy. I mean, so that was pretty cool. Um, so I did get a lot of support um, for what I was doing. Um, so that was just fantastic. And I thought, well, that was great. But I always had a, um, a desire to write and 
you know, um, try to understand what I was going through, trying to understand, like, how can bad things happen to good people? And what was my role in it? Like, what was the baggage I was bringing into the relationships to, you know, I, I wouldn't say cause the situation because I believe abusers, you know, um, really take the full responsibility for that. But how I respond or react was is very critical. So I came across so many terms in this um, abuse recovery community that I would write down these terms. And, you know, before I knew it, I had a hundred terms to look up and just, you know, connect the dots to my own experience. And then it wasn't long before there were a thousand and even more. So I have a three book series called True Deceit, False Love. Actually, it's a four book series. The fourth book is with the publisher right now. And I'm with Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. Um, but the first book of True Deceit, False Love is 15,555 terms on domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation. So, and it was, my foreword was written by Dr. Sam Vaknin, who uh, actually coined a lot of these terms. And so I made some amazing connections with some of these people that actually provided guidance indirectly to me through their podcasts or their writings. And so that book, um, you know, was released in September. And then I have two other books, books two and, and three um, came out and I knew the value of creative soul healing. So I purposely, um, the one book, and I'm going to have to hold it in a way because of my green screen. I don't know how I can do that, but it's green. I'm assuming it's a green book. <laughs> it's a green book. Um, that has... 338 acrostic poems. So I found, you know, uh, writing poems with this kind of format was really, really healing, where you write a particular term, one of the terms you can find in that other book, in the first book, but you can, um, you know, write your own experiences, you can make it um, just a general um, kind of poem, you can actually make it informational, you know, so that you can kind of teach other people what are some of these terms, what do they mean? So, so all of these poems are not necessarily autobiographical, they're done um, in a gender and role neutral style so that, you know, a husband could pick it up and get some value out of this and see his story in, in this, or a child could pick it up or a grandparent or a husband or a wife or, or even an employee or employer that, you know, is dealing with some kind of challenging toxic situation in the work environment. So anyway, they are, there are 13 poems for each letter of the alphabet, but because I believe in creativity and I saw the value in how this writing and poetry really helped me, the third book is a survivor's workbook. So I actually teach very simply how to create acrostic poems. And I provide a, um, an, a sample and a couple suggested terms to use and blank pages, lined pages for other people to create their own acrostic poetry so that when they're finished with this, they will have their own workbook that they were part of. Um, because I really, you know, I have found value and I know a lot of other people have found value in, in just trying to put your thoughts into words. And, uh, but this gives you a tool to do that. So, so that is why I created this, 
um, series, not only to heal myself, but to provide inspiration and healing for other people. Yeah. And I was, it, just, sorry, it, just the emotion came with that because oh. I was, I was talking to somebody the other day, might've even been yesterday about how the traumas and the things that we go through affect who we are today. Mm-hmm. And no, we wouldn't wish to have been through that, but look at the things we can do with what, what we've been through. Right. You make such a wonderful point because really, you know, it'd be very easy to say, gosh, I wish I never met that person and that they affected my life. But actually the abusers or toxic people, even your best friend that betrays you, those are learning experiences and they help us, you know, move further on in our journey. And, and so you know, with time comes wisdom, with experience comes, comes wisdom. So, so actually in some ways you have to thank the negative experiences and people in your lives, because it does bring you to who you are, you know, as time goes on, there's a lot of heartache in it. And there's a lot of, you know, and if you're dealing with a toxic malevolent abuser, there's a lot of legal, you know, hassle and, and definitely survival concerns, you know, where you lose, everything that brought you safety and security. Um, so there are some challenging times and some definitely with parental alienation. I'm alienated from two adult children. The, the heartache is just, you can't put into words. You really can't really put into words the pain that a father or mother experiences if they've been alienated just by their ex-spouse who wants to get back at them. But in doing so, they're really, really harming the children. So you know that they are going to have a lifetime of trauma trying to figure it out. And, and then also when, when you're in this situation and you work through it, and part of it is to look into your own childhood and your own interactions. What makes you an empath? What makes you an overgiver? What makes you be a, someone that you know, can be abused? and you put up with it as as long as as you do. Um, Those are important questions to ask and to figure out. And so, you know, it's very, very painful to do, but you can break some of the intergenerational trauma bonds. Um, It's very hard because you're conditioned to just still be there for people no matter what, no matter what they do to you, even if they, you know, physically abuse you, you know, you're still there to, you know, especially if it's a family member, but you know, at some point you need to love yourself and you need to say enough is enough and do what you need to do for yourself, for your own healing. And so sometimes it involves, you know, when you decide to go no contact or low contact with someone, it's a tough decision, Um, you know, but also staying in the situation is role modeling, for your children that it's okay to be treated a certain way. And, you know, this is your life sentence. So I, I like to still look at myself, even though my, my adult children aren't in my life, I'm, I'm role modeling that, you know, we all are faced with challenges. Their challenges hopefully won't be the same as my challenges were, but no matter what, they'll have challenges and how we handle them, you know, how we, we deal with them is a testament to to our strength as a person. And I think definitely creativity, you know, is something that 
um, like I said, can take on so many different forms, but it can really aid in the healing and bring you peace and joy. Yeah. And even if it's just for those moments that you can lose yourself in what you're doing, right? You can just have that time for yourself, whether it be for a few moments, a few hours, a few days, what, whatever that may be. But then, you know, if you can also start to use it to, we use our art journals often to sort of look at emotions and things like that and, and our writing to do, to do that as well. But I think it's so important. And some of the, some of the points you were making just even about family members mm-hmm. as someone who's, yeah, uh, <laughs> I already had a small family and I have like literally one person left in my family. So mm-hmm. because of, because of that. And, and I, I don't know how many people have said to me over the years they're your family and you just need to let it go or you need to forgive or you, and no, I can forgive, but I don't need to forget. And I don't need to allow it to keep going on. Definitely. And that's kind of, I say the exact same thing. And sometimes with the forgiving, you're actually forgiving yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, but, but, you know, it's still important to have boundaries and, And, you know, there comes a time, I mean, usually it's a breaking point of some kind, or you can just slowly slip away and, and, and at some point they'll get a message that, you know, this, this isn't right. This isn't healthy. Yeah. And, and, but it's okay to have a smaller circle. It really is okay. But I'll tell you a lot of people, if they haven't experienced it, either don't understand, or they're not at the point at where we're at yet. Yeah, they might still be there, but, you know, they're not they haven't evolved just like we did. We are a different person now than we were 10 years ago or even five years ago. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think anybody comparing their story to someone else, Mm -hmm. right, is is a mistake because everybody has their own things going on, their own version of things, their own um hurts and traumas and and things that have built who they are. And so we can never really know anybody completely. So it's not for us to decide for other people, you know, based on our own belief systems. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for some people staying in toxic relationships is they're not ready to let that go because they still have more to learn. And actually, you know, sometimes it's easier to stay in the toxic relationship I mean, I knew there was a defining moment when I needed to leave my abuser after 27 years, but I spent a couple of days really thinking through this because I knew there would be repercussions. I had no idea I would lose everything. I had no idea that um, the extent of the abuse, I had no idea of the, how far reaching it was with the flying monkeys or the smear campaigns or how really they've been working on this for years, as far as, you know, kind of half truths or or outlandish lies to people so that when the breakup actually happens or the separation, depending on what the situation is, you know, they've already kind of um, set up a scenario, even though it's a false scenario, people believe it or, or people say they want to be neutral and don't want to get involved. But sometimes their neutrality is really another way of taking sides, you know, so really, I can't tell you how many people say, well, I don't want to get involved in that. I'm neutral. You know, I, I, I look at each person equally, but that's, 
that's not the case. It really isn't. So you have to kind of look out for yourself. And if your circle gets smaller as a result, it does. Actually, I look at it as now it's making room in my heart and soul and life for other like-minded people to, to be a part of my life. I've met some amazing people in, you know, in this journey since deciding to leave a toxic situation. And these are such special people in my lives and in my life. And, you know, even though I might've known someone for 50 years, the bond may not be as strong as it is when you are surrounding yourself with people who really get it, you know, who've yeah. experienced this themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And change is scary because you do, you, you have the potential to lose things, not even the potential you are going to lose things, oh, yeah. change things, change. And, and that comfort zone that we live in so often, even though it's uncomfortable, it's the no one comfort. Mm-hmm. And so when we choose to change that, it's, it's scary as hell. Right? right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you so much for being here today. Is oh, there sure. anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed? Well, I mean, just for you, for your viewers and listeners, you know, if, if you find yourself in a challenge, challenging situation, um, whether it is severe or mild, whatever it is, you know, um, value yourself and realize that you are not alone, that there are other people that have experienced these things and you can seek out resources. You know, I hope that someone might check out my books, you know, the True Deceit False Love series. And all of that can be found on my website, which is the name of the spiritual fiction. So www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Um, but you can handle it and, and just realize that, you know, there are people that um, may not resonate with you as you are evolving or coming to terms, your light bulb is going on. Um, and that's okay. Give yourself permission and then find something that brings you joy and peace to do. In my case, it's writing, um, but it can take on many forms. So definitely your soul needs a creative outlet to handle with handle these traumas. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. And to our listeners, we will see you again next time. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you for listening. If you found our podcast of interest, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen in. 